0: Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeubc.org. Amen, amen. It's the Christmas season. I love this time of the year, amen. If you love this time of the year, why don't you look at your neighbor and just say, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love going to a crowded mall. I love I love going to the mall, and I spend more time at the mall looking for a parking spot than I do inside the mall. I just love it. Yesterday, my wife and I did probably the dumbest thing of our entire life, and we took three kids to the Galleria on a Saturday two weeks before Christmas, but we loved it. Our kids hated it, but we loved it because it is truly the most wonderful time of the year, and not just because we like to get caught up in all the festivities and the warm, fuzzy feelings that we feel of driving around a mall parking lot or sitting in a traffic jam or waiting in line for longer than we normally would. It's not because of that, but it's because we get to pause and we get to reflect on what matters most in our life, and that is family and that is friends, but most importantly, it's the birth of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for Him tonight? And when I think about the Lord and His miraculous birth and how He robed Himself in flesh and came to this earth, I begin to think of the story and, 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 and there's a few guys that I really always tend to think about and that's, that's those wise men, that's, the, uh, 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 that's those magi, that's the guys we've heard about, that's the guys that we have set up on, down in the foyer for you on the middle table, you see the nativity scene and there's the wise men there, you always hear about the three wise men and we all have it decorated in our house, but there's really, there's really a lot more to it that I want to talk about tonight, there's really a lot more to the wise men than what we see in our decorations and what we see at the live nativities that we like. To drive through. There's a lot more to that, and I want to talk about that. So here's what I want to talk about tonight. What made the wise men so wise? What made the wise men so wise? What made them so incredibly wise? You see, Something that I'm kind of jealous of is the wise men have a song after them. Amen. They, they've got a song. They've got all kinds of stuff after them. They even have a bumper sticker. Amen. Has anybody, has anybody seen their bumper sticker? Wise men worship and wise men pray. Everybody seen that? They are so incredibly relevant today that they even have bumper stickers after them. And I just think that's so great. You see, the wise men may be among the least understood characters in the Christmas story, however. You see... Something that we always think is that there's always three of them. How, how many of you thought that there was the three wise men? Amen. There's some say that they were Babylonian. Others say that they were Persians. Some say that they were Jews. Some say that it was a mixture of the three. Amen. We really don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. I'm sure, I, I, I'm sure if we research hard enough and dig and scrounge around on our Google, if our Google went and broke, we can figure something out. But scripture isn't really, really clear when it comes comes to all that, they're always dressed like royalty is what we think. I mean, you think, uh, you would think that, I mean, they've got the gold crowns, they've got the finest silks. I mean, it's something beautiful. It's something very, very, very beautiful. They're always in the manger delivering their gifts. They're always right there. They're always right there close to the manger delivering their gifts. And it's just a beautiful scene that we can all think of. And I'm sure that we are all there tonight, even as I discuss it, amen? But ironically, the Bible doesn't provide any of that information that I've just shared. Christmas carols and cartoon paintings and nativity sets in your house, as I've already mentioned. Uh, We've got all kinds of stuff that talk about the wise men, but we've really never got to the principle of why the wise men were really called the wise men, and that's what we want to get into tonight. Regardless of of how we use the wise men in our house and in our Christmas plays and while we're reading our Christmas books to our children, uh, regardless of of, of the decorations, we have to acknowledge that the Bible does give considerable attention to the magi it might te- it might not tell us all that we want to know about them but it does talk about them just enough i don't know about you but it, uh, 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 but in the book of matthew chapter 2 it talks about the wise men just enough to, to where i want to know more about them I, I i i just want to find out all that i want all that i can about them and so if you will allow me for just a few minutes to use my imagination just just go with me on a journey i can't I, I can't say that all of this is fact, but I think there's a principle behind it that we can apply to our life, amen? So even if the Bible doesn't give us all the details that we desire or give me all the details that I desire on these wise men, there is still much to learn of the wise men, and that's and that's where I want to go. And there's three questions that I had this afternoon while I was preparing my remarks for tonight and, 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 and the questions that I asked myself were this. Why, why are they there? Why were the wise men there? Why were they led by a star? Why, why, why the wise men? Why the wise men? Why? Why? Why did Matthew put so much effort into writing about them? Why did he mention them several times? Why, why, why was their story woven into the birth of Jesus Christ? Why did that happen? Why did Matthew do that? What are we to learn from the wise men? Everybody look at your neighbor and say, What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to learn? What am I supposed to gather from all of this? What am I supposed to take away from all this? And what am I supposed to apply from all of this? You see, number one... No, point number one is, is, is this is what I would think. They worshiped him with their attitude. I, I want to draw just a few moments about their attitude of worship. Everybody say attitude of worship. These men were looking for the king and they expected to find him. They were looking for the king, and they expected to find them. They had faith that they were going to find baby Jesus lying in a manger. They didn't know where he was going to be. They didn't know if he was going to be in a manger or if he was going to be in a Californian king in the five-star resort there in Jerusalem. They didn't excuse me in Bethlehem. They didn't know any of that, but they expected one thing: that regardless of where he was, they were going to find him. And the lesson that I can take away from that is I might not know where he is at all times but I have faith to know that if I just believe and I just keep on doing what his word tells me to do I'm going to find him for he knows where I am and if I just have faith and I have the patience to understand that he is ordering my steps and he has not forgotten me the beautiful story of Christmas is just the fact that we are not forgotten we are not forgotten. You see, it, 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 it had been hundreds of years uh, since uh, uh, since the children of Israel were living under the law, and the ceremony was taking place, and they were just looking for a Savior. They were uh, they were paying all their sins forward, and they were wondering how long this was going to happen, and they had faith, just like the wise men, that something is going to happen. I don't know what is going to happen, and I don't know how it's going to happen, but God is going to come to me, and He's going to Reveal Himself to me, and my life will forever be changed. Aren't you thankful that He has changed our life? Aren't you thankful that He has revealed Himself to you? And perhaps you are in the room tonight and He has not revealed Himself to you. Let me tell you who He is He is the wonderful counselor, He is the Prince of Peace, He is the Lily in the Valley, He is the Rose of Sharon, He is the Alpha, He is the Omega. He's the peace in the middle of the storm. He is the hope in my hopeless uh, situation. Uh, He is is my counselor. He is my accountant. Uh, He is my peace speaker. He is everything that I need and I am thankful for that. Can somebody give God thanks for being what you need uh, at your time of need? Come on, why don't we pause right now and just look back over 2015 and give God thanks for being good. For surely he has been our provider this year. Surely he has been our peace speaker this year. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost in the room tonight. I just believe that the Lord is going to do something in the house tonight. I just believe that someone's going to leave different than they came. I just believe that someone's marriage is going to get fixed tonight. I just believe that you might have been praying for a long time for that spouse or those children or that lost loved one or that friend that you've been witnessing to. But I believe those people can fall under conviction tonight and they can be led to the house of God this week and even tonight they can pray and they can repent of their sins and they can be forgiven. It doesn't have to happen in the church. Oh man. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That expectancy that the wise men had is here tonight. I just I just don't know what he's going to do, and I don't know where he's going to show up, but I just believe God is going to show up tonight. I just believe that your issue is going to be different tonight when you leave. I just believe that no matter what you came in the room with tonight, if you have faith and expecting God to move, He will move on your behalf tonight. The wise men were full of faith. They were following a star. They were following something that no one had ever followed before. No one, as I read in scripture, no one has ever followed a star before. Yes, the children of Israel followed a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Yes, uh, yes, that had happened. But no one had ever followed a star. I'm sure. I'm sure as they were walking the countryside and they saw all the farmers and they saw everyone on the roadside and as they passed through the villages, I'm people ask what in the world are you doing why are you looking up at the sky instead of down at the road in front of you and I if I was a wise man I would just have to say well you see something happened the other night and someone spoke to me an angel came to me and since that time my life has never been the same and I don't know where this star is leading me I don't know where this light is leading me but I know when I get to to wherever this light is leading me My life will forever be changed. You might not know exactly where you're at right now. And you might not understand exactly why you're walking the path of life that you are walking. But just keep on following after the light. Keep on following after the leading of Jesus Christ. Keep on following His Spirit. We must be Spirit-filled and Spirit-led, church. We must follow after His Spirit every day of our life. You see... There came a time, though, when the wise man they lost sight of the star for a brief period of time. They did not give. When this happened, they did not give up and move on. They still had faith, believing that God was leading them, believing that they were on a mission, a heaven mission. They kept going, believing that something special had taken place Uh, when they saw the star again they knew that it wasn't just the star they knew that they just weren't seeing something And matthew chapter 10 verse matthew chapter 2 verse 10 says they rejoiced with exceeding great joy they lost the star and then when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy everybody say great joy I want to backtrack just eight verses and go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 2. It says this Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? This is the wise man speaking. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Where? Where is he at? Where is he at? I'm searching for the Lord. I'm searching for Jesus Christ and I don't know where he is at. Then verse number nine says, When they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east, they saw again. They saw the star again. In their search for a savior, the wise men lost sight of where they were going. Has anybody ever lost sight of where you were going? Has anybody ever lost the direction in your life? Maybe you lost purpose in your life. Maybe you just didn't feel like you were like you should be. It's important to realize that you cannot give up. It's important to realize that you have to keep on keeping on. Can I get an amen tonight, church family? You see, wise men don't give up when they lose their guiding star. Wise men don't give up. Based off of their feelings, Uh, wise men don't give up because they don't feel good. Uh, The wise men did not give up because people were mocking and ridiculing. The wise men did not give up because of their circumstances, uh, but they continued following after Lord Church family, on following after Jesus, Uh, regardless of what your circumstances may be. You might be at your wit's end tonight and not understanding and knowing why you are uh, why you are fighting the fight that you're fighting, but just keep on. Walking that uh, walk, keep on fighting uh, the good fight of faith, and don't give up. Uh, be not weary in well doing, for in season you will reap. If you faint not, if you faint not, uh, you reap. If you stay strong, uh, if you stay faithful, if you keep on putting one foot in front of the other, if you keep on being faithful to the house of God, if you keep on being faithful when you don't want to be faithful, if you keep on being faithful, spouse uh, is not f- uh, when your spouse uh, is not faithful. You will reap one day. You might reap in right now, but that does not mean you will not reap later. For just like Solomon says, for everything, uh, there is a season. There is a time to reap. There is a time to sow. There is a time to laugh. And there is a time to cry. I don't know what season you're in right now, but... But rest assured tonight uh, that season is going to change. Uh, you are going to enter into a better season. The Lord is going to lead you. The Lord is going to guide you. I believe this Christmas season Lord wants to do that uh, for someone in the room tonight. Could you give him a hand clap for praise? Look at your neighbor and say, don't give, don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. Don't lose faith. Don't be full of doubt. Don't don't allow yourself to be overcome with fear. But don't. Uh, whatever you do, give up. Don't give up. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. See, number two, they worshiped with the right altitude. Everybody say altitude. Not attitude, but attitude. The wise men worshiped with the right altitude. When the Magi of Bethlehem had found the child that they had been seeking, they fell on their faces and they worshipped. The altitude in which they had been operating at changed when they got in the presence of the King of Kings. When they got into contact uh, with the Lord of Lords. When they came in contact with Jesus Christ, God robed in flesh, uh, their posture had to change. Uh, How they lived their life uh, for those days and those hours and those minutes leading up, uh, the moment they got into the presence uh, of the King, their altitude had to change, their posture had to change. Could it be that a lot of the times why we go through the troubles uh, and the hard times we go through is because we refuse to change our, our altitude and our attitude and our mentality when we are in the presence of the Holy One. Church family, you cannot get in touch with the Holy One being carnal. You cannot be at a carnal altitude and get supernatural resorts. You have to get at the same altitude of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Pastor says it all the time. We cannot do a spiritual work and be carnally minded. This Christmas season, let me remind you to stay at the proper altitude. Stay at the proper altitude. Be careful at what altitude you go to with your relationship with Jesus. If you're riding an airplane and you come down really, really quick or you're in turbulence, what's happened? Have you ever been on the the airplane? Have you ever been on an airplane and the oxygen masks come out? Uh, What happens is, is the air pressure is changing and that can harm you. What about climbing a mountain? I have never climbed a mountain and I sure don't intend to. I am not built to climb a mountain. I am built to sit in a recliner. Thank the Lord for that. But something happens when you get at a high altitude. You have to have a supplemental amount of oxygen. You have to have something on your face to get the proper amount of oxygen into your body. Church family, the same goes for you and I as we live uh, for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, For us to stay at the proper level where we are supposed to stay at, to live at the proper realm or dimension uh, that we are supposed to live at, we have to have uh, the proper altitude. We have to have the proper oxygen, and the only oxygen that we can get is the bread of life. The only reason we live is because we have life, we have breath, and we have the bread of life that gives us the oxygen to live and to breathe and to stay living like we are supposed to live. Church family, I say it every time I preach, but this is the book in which we live our life according to. If we are not living our life according to this book, you are living your life wrong. We must submit our thoughts, our motives, our desires, our children, our spouses, our finances, our careers. Everything must be submitted to this book or else we will not be able to go to the altitude that God is calling us to go to. We will not be able to function at the level in which God is pulling us to. Church family, to get to where God is going, we have to do what God is wanting us to do. We got to push past. Past where we are, we have to push past our comfort zone. And if you continue to rise in altitude but do not take care of your body, what happens? You get altitude sickness. There should be no Christians that have altitude sickness. There should be no Christians that are sick. There should be no Christians that are weak. We have to keep proper maintenance on our life, on our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Just like you do your automobile, just like you do your career, just like you do your friendships and your marriage. You must take proper maintenance and take the time to maintain your relationship with Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you will not be able to go to the level that God is calling you. You see, they changed their altitude. In order for us to go up in the rapture, we have to go down first to our knees. And that's something that the wise men did. When they walked... Into that pitiful, that pitiful barn. Smelly, noisy, and offered little dignity. They didn't stand there and gawk. You know, it seems like all of our friends and church family and everybody that my wife and I are associated with, it seems like everybody's having babies at the same time. I've been to the hospital so many times holding and rocking babies. I think. I think I've been I don't know I I, I I feel like I'm the I feel like I'm the pastor of birth sometimes all I do is I'm at the hospital celebrating either my herd or your herd but we're celebrating but something that I've noticed is that whenever I walk into a hospital room to celebrate your children or your grandchildren or my friends or me <laughs> um Everybody goes and stands over the baby and, ooh, and ah. Oh, how much did he or she weigh? How long were they? Don't they look like so-and-so? And the husband's family, they're just, going to, uh, 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 they're just going to believe with everything in them that, no, that baby looks like our family. And then the other side of the family, no, that baby looks like our family. And then for a moment, the, uh, 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 the mom and dad are saying, okay, everybody leave. We're about to have a fight. Everybody go home. Everybody go down the road, get something to eat, and come back later. Because they were standing there and gawking and they weren't trying to cause problems, but they just weren't focused on what they were supposed to be focused on. They were focused on the looks instead of the life that was given. And I think that if the wise men walked into that circumstance and focused on the looks and were gawking at the surroundings instead of what was laying in the manger, the story might not have wound up like it did. And we might not be talking about the wise men like we're talking about them tonight. They might not be the wise men, but they might be the foolish men. It's important that when we come into contact with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, every time we walk in those doors, we don't stand around and gawk, and we don't stand around and examine everything that's happening, good or bad, but we just focus on one thing and, and one person only, and that is Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and He is the way, He is the truth, and He is the life. They didn't, they, uh, they didn't work the room. They didn't handshake everybody. They didn't slap backs. They didn't kiss cheeks. They didn't do all of that. No, that, that didn't happen. They weren't worried about their appearance. You know, we think that they... Looked all majestic. They might have, I don't know. But but one thing's for certain is Mary didn't look that majestic. She just had a baby. Amen. I've been in the labor and delivery room. I, I I've been the, I've been there the hours and the days after the birth has happened. And it's just there's nothing majestic about that. I mean, it's just it's just Mama don't look good and Mama don't feel good and Mama's ready for everybody to go home when that happens. My mama Kayla, you look beautiful. Let me fix myself there. They weren't worried about any of that. No, that, that, that wasn't all in their mind. They weren't worried about their parents. The text says they fell down and they worshipped him. Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. The first half says, And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and they worshipped him. They were at this altitude. But they drastically changed to a lower altitude. They they quickly humbled themselves because they recognized they were in the presence of someone much greater, much more powerful, much more stronger, much more royal, much more beautiful, much more magnificent, much more omnipotent than they were. And so they began to honor and they humbled themselves. Church family, every time you walk in these doors and every time you go to your Sunday school class or singers and musicians every time you get on the stage or bus workers every time you get on those bright colored buses no matter what your role is or maybe you just come in and worship here no matter what your responsibility is or isn't we should enter in with a posture and the the attitude of humbleness and brokenness recognizing that it's only because of the grace of God that we are here today we shouldn't come in thumbing our noses at someone sitting down the pew or across the church Because they're going through problems. We should walk in humble. Thanking God. God it could have been me. But it wasn't me. You chose to protect me. You chose to block that relationship. You chose to block that roadway. You chose to block that situation. Therefore I'm going to lift up holy hands. Without wrath and doubting. I'm going to lift up hands. That are ready to give. And equally ready to receive. I walk in with a posture of worship. I walk in recognizing. Recognizing that if it had not been for you, I wouldn't be here. Can you just lift your hands tonight? Can we just go there as a church? Come on, somebody thank Him tonight. If it had not been for the Lord on your side, if it had not been for His mercy, He would never have saved you. If it hadn't been for His grace, that blood would have never been applied to your life. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy that saved a wretch like me. Somebody needs to think of how far the Lord has brought you from. Somebody needs to remember real quick where you were, where, where you were at when God found you. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we stand all over the building right now? I think that's what where... Thank you, Jesus. Now, why don't we lift every hand in the building toward heaven and why not we tell him thank you. Come on, with the fruit of your lips. Come on, open your mouth. and Give God your thanks tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you for saving me, God. Thank you for fixing my mess, God. Thank you for being my help when I was in distress. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's it. Somebody's changing altitudes right now. Somebody's recognizing that you got to get on the right level to connect with the Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is moving right now, church family. Nobody looking around. No spectators right now, but let's all be participating in what God is doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You didn't have to save me, but you did. You didn't have to heal me, but you did, Jesus. You're thankful for what He's done in your life, man. Why don't right now we just put our hands together as just an ovation of praise and gratitude? Come on, really thank Him. Really thank Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy are you. Holy, 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 holy are you. In the name of Jesus. And this leads us to the closing. This is perfect. They worshiped him with the right gratitude. Look at your neighbor and say gratitude gratitude is there any is there any people here tonight that's full of gratitude for what god has done is there anybody that's just thankful that he did what he did see because what i've learned what what i've learned these past few years is it's impossible to worship without being thankful It's impossible to worship without being thankful. I can't lift up my hands and say, God, you're holy, and God, you're worthy, and God, you're beautiful, and there is no one else like you unless I am thankful that he is holy, unless I'm thankful that he is worthy, unless I'm thankful that there is no one else like him. That means that even if I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, even if I'm walking through the loss of relationship, even if I am walking through loneliness, even if I am walking through divorce, even if I am walking through death, even if I am walking through unemployment, even if I am walking through you fill in the blank in your life, I am thankful that I am not walking through it alone because I could be walking through this alone. I could be forgotten. I could be lonely. I could be out on the backside of the desert somewhere with no one looking out for me me but there is a God in heaven who's leaning over the balconies and he is looking out for us he is a shield they worship with gratitude and what does that look like what does that sound like well I think it sounds like what we've been hearing tonight I think it looks like what I've seen tonight you see, they brought their riches. They brought the finest thing they had. They were not stingy with what they gave God. We shouldn't be stingy with what we give to God. We shouldn't be stingy with how we withhold our talents and our time from God. We shouldn't be stingy with how we put our, our money in the offering plate. We shouldn't be stingy with our attendance and our faithfulness to the things of God. Not to Conroe United Pentecostal Church, but to the things of God. To the things of a, of a godly kingdom, of a different economy. We shouldn't be you with all that, but we should be thankful and full of gratitude. Can I get an amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 2, the last half of verse 11, and when they had opened their treasures, everybody say opened, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Everybody say myrrh. Myrrh. See, tonight, what are you offering Jesus this Christmas season? Let's bring it back full circle. What are you offering Him tonight? What are you giving to Him? We know what He gave to us. He gave us salvation. He gave us freedom of worship. He gave us mercy every morning. He gave us grace every morning. He gave us the ability to have faith and believe that even though I'm walking through this circumstance, I'm going to come out better. What are you giving back to Him, church family? What are you giving back to him? See, the wise men have a bumper bumper sticker that says wise men still worship. I just wonder if you can still worship. I just wonder tonight. I'm so thankful for what we've already felt tonight, amen. And I don't believe we need music tonight. I, I just wonder how thankful you are. I just ask you, how thankful are you? What do you have to give to him this this Christmas season? We all operate, we all teach our children the principle that it's not about what Santa Claus brings us and it's not about what mom and dad can give you this Christmas season, but it's what we can give to someone else. Uh, church family, what can you give to someone who gave you something great? You will never be able to out-give him, but that doesn't mean you can't give your best to him anyway. This is not a competition of giving. This is not a competition of, well, he gave me salvation and he gave me life and he let me be born, so I'm just going to give him this. No, it's not a competition. It's that I am thankful that he gave me this, so I'm going to give him my life. Does anybody want to give Him your life this season? Does anybody just want to live for Him? Every day, every morning that you wake up, Lord, I choose that the best gift that I can give you is today, that I live for you. That today. I